0: Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details.
1: So I'm a father of one. I got to find a babysitter.
2: Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back
0: to the Cover 3 Podcast. Here on CBS Sports. That's Bud Elliott. That's Tom Fernelli. I'm Chip Patterson coming to you live at youtubecom cover three and all across the 24-7 Sports Facebook network. Thanks for hanging out. Smash that subscribe. Smash that like. Come and join us in the chat. This is an instant reaction show. We've got a lot to get to. We had number one on the ropes. We had number two lose its star quarterback in the reigning Heisman Trophy, winner to an injury. We saw the number six team get tested in number five team, get tested in a major way. We saw the number four team get off to an early lead, but you know, eventually take care of things against Iowa. The shakeups in the top 25, we will get into them much later. We've got undefeated teams that deserve to be ranked, rank them. You cowards, not just Kansas. Again, we will get into all that in just a little bit, but, but Tom, let's begin with how, how, High was your alarm status at different points as Missouri held a double-digit lead, as Missouri maintained a double-digit lead, as Georgia continued to settle for field goals. Did you think Missouri was about to take down the Bulldogs tonight?
3: No. No. I never. Never. No. like I never even put it on the main screen. Oh, I had it on the main screen. Okay. Uh, I, I, I had it second screen.
1: Every every time Azus stopped and settled for a field goal, I was like,
3: okay. Well, Georgia's yeah. gonna win. If they had found a way to punch it in and then create some kind of other turnover, then maybe. But that false start down there on the goal line. I I thought the broadcast crew was was exactly correct. Uh, eventually the clock like it it strikes midnight and they turn back into a pumpkin. Their offense is terrible. Uh Georgia's defense is good and Brady Cook in the second half looked exactly like he's looked in basically every single game that I've watched him play this year. So I was like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get the laptop out here, took it off the odd screen, put Georgia on, but still had you know, Clemson and C State on on the main TV. Yeah. Kind of ho-hum, man. I'm going to want to see like the
1: post-game win expectancy. I want to see the nerd numbers on this stuff tomorrow because, I mean, Georgia had 481 yards of offense. Mizzou had 294. Like, it was only close on the scoreboard, which is the only place it matters, granted. But it just kind of, I don't know. Like, I, my takeaway isn't so much that I was really worried that Georgia was going to lose. Because I did think it was going to win. I
0: like, was worried because it would have ruined my night.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, yeah. I am only interested. People are always like, oh, yeah, you're biased. You know what I'm biased for? Me. What's going to make my life harder? Georgia means that we go into five alarm fire drill. Everyone goes. <laughs> what does this mean? I, I think that it is uh, proper to come out with some concerns about Georgia. Yes.
1: But yeah. is this coming off of last week against Kent State and then right. you're going like this against Missouri?
3: It's like something's going on. Something's not right. Didn't uh, didn't Georgia struggle with Missouri's defensive line last year at times? Like they 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 still killed them, but it was just. Didn't they? They have some struggles. It's like, damn, that was actually kind of competitive. And Do not uh, I, I'm trying to remember. Obviously, I, I had UGA, so you know, I, I I read that game wrong. But like, Missouri played hard. Georgia did not seem to have that same level of like Georgia energy through parts of the first half. I thought Cole Kubrick did a nice job of pointing out that they they basically went to a bunch of more, more like you know power counter stuff as opposed to their zone stuff as far as in the run game. In the second half, Missouri was shooting gaps, and they weren't able to do that quite, quite as well. But you're not going to beat Georgia. What, do they have five field goals and one touchdown? That's just not going to work. you so gotta, is, you got to find the end zone.
0: Is the blueprint coming together on how to beat Georgia? Like in terms of like blitzing Stetson Bennett, in terms of like trying to figure out what Missouri did well that you might be able to replicate? Because not every quarterback that they face is going to be Brady Cook. Not every offense they face is going to be as ineffective in terms of punching it in and getting touchdowns instead of settling for field goals. Is are, are we starting to see a little bit of a recipe to take a team that seems so overwhelmingly like the number one team in the country that is now, uh, into the eyes of a layman and others, looking much more beatable?
1: I think the concern for me is, like, That first game against Oregon, there were a lot of really big explosive passing plays, and we saw some more of that in the next week. Those have kind of disappeared. Like, there were some big plays in this one. There was a 33-yarder to Brock Bowers. There was a 30-yarder to uh, Darnell Washington. But other than that, there weren't any other passes of more than 20 yards in this game for Georgia. And to me... That is a concern when you go against better teams or at least teams with better quarterbacks than the ones you face today. That's when that's going to be a problem. So, yeah, the, I do have concerns. I also think we can't overlook that Jalen Carter left this game with a knee injury, and Mizzou was having some success running the ball. They had some big runs up the middle, and does that happen if Jalen Carter's playing the entire 60 minutes? I don't know.
3: I, I, it's a fair question to ask. If you watch the or the post game, Kirby said specifically, we need to find more explosion on offense. We have to get some receivers back. and I think that's instructive. yeah but Let, let's look at look, look at who Georgia threw the ball to tonight and I don't want to diminish what Missouri did. They put up a the game effort. I mean they were a four touchdown dog at home and Georgia needed until like the third to last drive to go ahead here. but Bowers eight targets okay uh, McConkey, six targets. All right, fine. Washington, four. Uh, we're throwing seven balls to Marcus Roseme. Four balls to Kenny McIntosh. That's kind of normal. Bell ha- had three targets. You Kiris know, Jackson, three targets. Uh, they need to get Mitchell back. They need to get Smith back. And, and those guys are the dudes who have some real explosion that can change up this offense, right? Uh, until then, they're kind of playing in the box. But the thing is, I'm not really sure it matters. Look at their schedule. They do have two weeks to get healthy. Uh, Auburn comes to town next week okay I I mean look if Georgia can almost lose to Missouri they could almost lose to Auburn in theory
1: but realistically Auburn's going to play kind of well in the first half and then completely
3: collapse in the second half and then Vanderbilt which you know is much improved this year but still doesn't have much pass rush so they have UF in three weeks or they have a buy before that uh, October 29th, so that would be – yeah, so they have a bye. So basically they, they have a month to get healthy for Florida and Jacksonville, assuming yeah, and you think then Florida's a Mississippi
0: big State and Kentucky. We we talked about it since Dagum June. Like the, yeah. the spot is late in the year, Mississippi State and Kentucky. Mississippi State, which, by the way, beat Texas A&M earlier today. Kentucky took a very tough loss on the road at Ole Miss – um, you know, we we can get into that just a little bit later. I don't know if y'all have anything else on Georgia, but the number one team almost lost tonight. There was there was a. I understand that there's a lot of confidence by my co-hosts here, but I will say, as as from being inside the content machine, there was a solid hour where this thing looked really dicey. You know, or where.
1: We're, we're, oh, so you got to like, be on standby. You got to be ready just in case the emergency happens. But right. did did you really think that it was going to happen at any point? I was too –
0: honestly, it was not – I don't have a lot of good analysis for this game. That's why I have questions because it was not my primary game. It was not my secondary game. My attention was elsewhere. Uh, I I had to pull it up on that third screen because it was an emergency. Mm -hmm. Tom, you tweeted this, and it was exactly my sentiment. I was going to watch this game on Sunday. Mm -hmm. I was very much looking forward to watching Georgia-Missouri and grading Georgia – for all of my notes moving forward, maybe an upon further review note. I, I did not expect to have to break this game down or write anything in tomorrow's top twenty-five today, other than the Bulldogs will maintain number one after an XX to XX win against Missouri. So yeah, I I will look I, I look forward to my own uh thoughts on this one, but
3: shout um, out to it Missouri like, Kicker, by the way. I mean like Missouri only got in the red zone twice. Yeah, all right. They the, the, the kicker for Missouri had a forty nine, a fifty two, and a fifty six yard field goal. Like, pretty good. Now he could have had a field goal last week, which could have helped them actually uh, get an SEC win. But save it. He was saving it for when it mattered.
1: He's <laughs> <laughs> in the tank.
0: So as as we look at uh, Missouri, which uh, as we look at Georgia. Able to uh, secure the win at Missouri. We also had Alabama on the road at Arkansas, which jumped out to a very impressive lead, seemed to be cruising. And then we lose Bryce Young to a little bit of a shoulder injury. Now, what did we see from Bryce Young? He came back out from the locker room. He was throwing on the sideline. And what we see from Nick Saban in the postgame says, you know, it is a sprain. Uh, he's going to be day-to-day. He has had issues like this before according to Saban, and he has bounced back from them in a few days. But, again, our reigning Heisman Trophy winner, Bryce Young, is now currently dealing with an injury. Now, after he went out, we saw this Alabama team basically go to super heavy heavy run game. Jameer Gibbs had a bunch of explosive runs against this Arkansas defense. I don't know. I, it's, it's hard to come out from Alabama's win against Arkansas with anything other than a lot of positives for the Crimson Tide. I mean, that's not a shocking thing considering the program that has been established there. But after we had kind of wavered and waffled a little bit with this group, I, I did have this one primary screen throughout the afternoon, but I, I think that I came away from this uh, encouraged by the way that Alabama's offensive front got a little bit of a push, created those open lanes and, you know, Jameer Gibbs was able to, uh, to help them ice this thing in the second half. So, what do we think and uh, how how much is your concern regarding Bryce Young in this injury?
1: I don't think it's a serious injury. I do think it's a concern cuz if he couldn't play in this game, that means there's a chance he won't play in the next game and that's Texas A&M and I mean Texas A&M, I'm sure we'll be talking about their offense at some point in the next hour the way they look today, but defensively they're still pretty solid and I think, you know, you don't have Bryce Young, that impacts Alabama's ceiling, but before he got hurt like I thought this was going to be a very good day for Alabama because the one thing when we were talking about, like, you know, we had Arkansas on the lock unity. I was taking Arkansas on HQ all week to cover this spread because Alabama struggles on the road. And I was talking about the fact that there were no, there wasn't, they weren't nearly as explosive in the passing game as they had been in the last few years. Well first drive of the game, 41-yard pass to Kobe Prentice. Second drive of the game, 47-yard pass to Kobe Prentice. Third drive of the game, 53-yard pass to Isaiah Bond. So that suddenly reappeared against that Arkansas secondary before Bryce Young got hurt, and then it kind of disappeared. So from that aspect, if Bryce is healthy, that's a good sign going forward. But from the other aspect, like Jalen Milrow is not Bryce Young, but Alabama's offense is – Looks pretty tough, even with Jalen Monroe in there and of Young, because the passing attack isn't the same, but it, the the rushing attack is completely different. Because now you really have to respect the QB as a possible runner, and we saw what they were able to do with the Gibbs Millrow kind of RPO speed option type stuff, where the defense was you know reading it and they were the one was taking off. Because when Jalen Monroe Millrow took off for that
3: seventy seven yard touchdown run, that dude is fast. He was boogieing. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. He he's got some wheels on him. Or when is the last time in an SEC game a team had three rushing touchdowns of seventy-two or more yards
1: in the same quarter?
3: Yeah, correct. No, <laughs> to me, no, but- Tom, no. It was the last play of the uh, of the third quarter. Mm-hmm. But yes, it within the same covering window where <laughs> Arkansas was covering, and then and then they weren't. Um, well,
0: I mean, forget about the covering part. I want to ask this. Do we give credit then to Alabama's offensive staff? Because we have roasted that group, and yet it sure seems like well, – or maybe it's the offensive so. line. Sure. Like, that's I, I want to figure out what it was because they were dealt a hand that they were not expected to get, and their response was championship level. You're like, oh, no. We just lost Bryce Young. What are we going to do And both – the play calls, the game plan, everything that they did, the execution by the offensive line to be able to say okay, based on what we've seen from Arkansas's defense, we think we can, you know, create the edges, we can create these kind of gaps. Like all of that went well. I credit's got to go somewhere on that one.
3: What well, 100%. I mean, look, I I think you got to give him credit for adapting, for not panicking and for now look, he did go out. They had a Big lead, right? Mm-hmm. They were. Was it twenty-one nothing? I think it was twenty-one nothing um, when he got. Or no, it was fourteen to nothing when he got hurt. Okay. Look, they deserve credit for it, right? They didn't panic. They they had a, a decent backup plan. They knew what plays Milrow uh, could run. Now, those guys making Arkansas look like Arkansas has never tackled anybody in the open field. That's more. Like a demerit to Arkansas's defense and a credit to like Bama's players for juking somebody out. That's not really on the offensive staff once you're 30 yards downfield and the run turns into a 70 yarder, but they did a great job, right? I mean, like they, they deserve credit. Arkansas's defense is uh, is pretty poor. And I, I not from a winning the game standpoint, but from a like covering the game standpoint, Pittman two weeks in a row, man. The. Oh the the if idea you're not, if a, you're not a coordinator.
1: Oh yeah. You need I to manage a game better than that. About that because it's just for listeners who didn't understand. Um Arkansas scored third quarter, made it, you know, they were down twenty-eight to nothing. They scored before halftime, made it twenty eight seventeen. They come out in the third quarter, they score again, they make it twenty-eight fourteen. They pull out the onside kick, get the ball back, pick up a first and goal, and then it's fourth and goal from the four, and they kick a field goal. So like I I understood the idea was they had the, you know, they had all the momentum and he did not want to come up after doing that onside kick. He did not want to take the risk of coming away with absolutely nothing on the drive. So he took the three points, but he turned a two score game into a two score game. So (laughs) you steal a possession with the onside kick and then you don't take advantage of it Uh in any real way. So yeah, it wasn't, I was, I was pretty
3: mad with Sam for that one. I mean, they have Tennessee in two weeks. I'm not really worried about Texas A&M, to be honest, but maybe I should be if, if Bryce can't play. Um, A&M has enough athletes,
1: in theory. If, if Bryce is less than 100% for that Tennessee game, like you're going to have to score points in that game.
0: Yeah, I,
1: I don't think you need it against Texas A&M. Not, not at all either, but still, it, it impacts that game
0: but we should definitely hype it up like it might be an upset with Bryce Young question marks at 8
1: p.m. on CBS. I will say another angle to take from this, though, like you said what Saban said after the game, like, oh, he's dealt with this before. Nick, the kid's trying to be in the draft this spring. Oh, don't, don't. Not <laughs> tell the entire damn world that he's been dealing with shoulder. Oh, yeah, yeah this happens all the time. Like, and also like, cause that's what my other thought too, before Nick said that when I was watching the game, I was like, huh? Cause like he suffered the shoulder injury from our best guess was when he was sacked by Drew Sanders. He was scrambling. Sanders dove, tripped him up at the ankles. He landed kind of funny on his right arm. Sanders wasn't on top of him. He just landed and he hurt his shoulder. And you know, the big concern with Bryce has always been his size and how he's going to be able to hold up at the NFL. If you're an NFL scout, trying to evaluate him. So to see him get hurt in that manner. And then for Nick to say after the gal, yeah, it happens all the time. I was like, dude, chill. Like the kid's got a draft profile to
3: keep.
0: So I've, I've got one last question on Alabama before we move on. And if there's anything else you want to say, please uh, bring it up. But, but do you remember Kobe Prentice? Who's 24, seven sports profile lists him at 510-171, having big old biceps like that. Cause that Yo. boy looked strong <laughs> out there and he is class of 2022. And yet uh, you know, we've been looking. Is it gonna be is it gonna be Brooks? Is it going to be uh Jermaine Burton? Like who's gonna be the wide receiver that steps up? And as Tom mentioned, Kobe Prentice made some big boy grabs uh in this game. So did, do you remember
3: him being uh having that kind of a future looking forward? So I saw him uh last summer at Mike Norvell's camp in Tallahassee which they host for all the kids in the southeast to come so you have a bunch of co- like college staffs there this was the sta- this was the staff that uh, Arizona states guys who got fired uh, were like super cocky at and I was like okay whatever like but I guess you know if you're breaking those kind of rules you, you'd be pretty cocky too um, <laughs> Prentice was a kid who if I recall had a good amount of academic coursework to do people knew about him. I remember asking some guys who, who are personnel guys, like, "Hey, what do you th- what do you know about this kid?" Because he was the fastest kid in Tallahassee that day, right? Like he he had, he had some real juice to him. He did not have crazy biceps. But He you know a little little undersized as far as height goes, um, but he looked really good. I remember all like all the coaches went over and watched him do like like the three cone thing after because there's an app they use. And you can kind of see what what the kid ran and it was on like grass, but that it was a pretty good time relative to everybody else at the camp. However, I will say, I think anybody that you line up over the kid trying to cover him today probably has a similar result for Alabama. We, we talked about Arkansas's defensive injuries, and they got Shuler back, which was helpful. But then they lost another guy, and the, the Catalan is is for the year, right? So yep. uh, just very tough there. And I'm not sure which other teams will take advantage of that, but Bama is one of those teams that did take advantage of that.
1: So. You know, speaking of alabama receivers we're talking about georgia needing some receivers back jermaine burton three targets one catch 14 yards just saying it's not it's not clicking yet grass ain't always greener i guess
0: no I, th- I thought that the the resting theory there is that like i i i, root, I have no um personal insight on jermaine burton but he was thinking it wasn't clicking at georgia if it's not clicking at Alabama, I don't, I don't know. You want to go try somewhere else?
1: What's the Raylan Givens quote? What is it? Anybody? I can't say it on the show. But if if you run into an a-hole in the morning, you ran into an a-hole. If you've been running into a-holes all day, you're the a-hole.
0: Oh, <laughs> But apply it to fit in college yeah. football and yes. success. Yeah, yeah, yes.
1: those, those sorts of things. I'm not calling anybody an a-hole. I'm just right,
0: right, 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 right,
1: right. That's right, Just the fit part.
0: Uh, oh, just the fit part, and you know, mm-hmm. this that or the other. Top ten matchup in Death Valley. Clemson ends up as a winner, thirty to twenty against NC State. To me, the the big standout is probably probably Clemson's defense. Uh, it seemed as though they were. We, we will get to Oklahoma here shortly, but it seemed like Clemson's defense was well coached. It seemed like even with Brian Brzee out, Wes Goodwin and that defensive staff had that group dialed into what NC state wants to do. Now, does that provide frustration for Wolfpack listeners who have been maybe wringing their hands over this NC state offense and sort of the way they go about their business? Sure. Devin Lewis made some great throws, But in general, the offense was not effective. They traded a lot of field goals early on in the game. But for the most part, uh, NC State found itself running up against a Clemson defense that even still shorthanded in the defensive backfield was just getting a lot of push with Tyler Davis. K.J. Henry was all over the place. Um, Curious to hear y'all's thoughts on what the big takeaways are from, I I think, a top-10 matchup that delivered. Like, ultimately, you walk away from that and you're like, NC State is not fraudulent, but Clemson clearly is the better team. And I I thought that they took some big strides in the last two weeks. Clemson wins high scoring against Wake Forest. Clemson wins low scoring grinder, but it goes over against NC State.
3: So NC State had 12 rushes by their running backs for 42 yards, which is just not... Not super effective. Uh, their longest rush on the day was was eight yards. Now, Clemson was only credited with five tackles for loss and three sacks. But if you watch this game. It felt like 50. Yeah. <laughs> and I think part of it was like Leary does have a big arm, and he was not able to push the ball down the field until the game was in the balance because Clemson had so much pressure on him. And like I always complain about these guys throwing so many balls to the backs because I just feel like it's not very efficient, and NC State does it. Way too much, but today you kind of had to throw the ball to the backs quite a bit. And to Thayer Thomas, I mean, he had what sixteen targets, yeah, and almost all of them were just like little shorties, right? His long long on the day was was twenty four yards, uh, and especially important because Clemson really had to try to play more more two d type stuff and let the, let the front eat because well they got uh, they got one of their kids back, but then Makuba, who had to move to safety, he gets tossed for a targeting mm-hmm. right. Uh, And then Mickens uh, got, got dinged. So Clemson was kind of walking wounded there and still got the dub. And, you know, for, to go to the playoff, I think they have to be perfect, but to win the ACC, I mean, they they look like overwhelmingly the best team in the ACC right now. So maybe I'll jinx them for next week. Who knows? Like what's up with Leary? I just, who's your favorite receiver on this team? Yeah, I, that's, they are. I don't, li- I don't like the scheme. They don't seem to yeah. move anybody. The pass pro is not great. I, I, Larry took care of the ball really well last year. Not, not as much this year, I guess. I think the pass pro is a good thing, too. It's like I it was, I, I think they miss
1: Iki Aquanu a little bit protecting him because it's like, I mean, I know today against Clemson, that's one thing because Clemson's defensive front is pretty good. But like from what I've seen, it's just, it's like, he had a lot. I feel like he had more time last year than he's had in the pocket this year without yeah. being pressured on his blind side. And I think, again, Equanu, I- like NC State, they have done a great job. Dave Doran's done a great job of developing talent, but I don't think you could, I don't think NC State's at a place where it could lose like a top five left tackle in the NFL draft and just, oh, uh, we can replace that real easy.
0: Emeka Mezzi was probably underappreciated. Yes. Within the conference, even mm-hmm. but what he meant to that NC State offense was huge. So, and then the reason why Thayer Thomas gets 16 targets again is because I think he's the most trustworthy receiver. You know, just in terms of getting separation, in terms of being someone who makes themselves available to be able to uh, receive passes. So it's uh, I I am impressed with what NC State did. But as we've talked about, I think on here, but. Florida State and Syracuse. Florida State took a loss to Wake Forest. Syracuse uh, remains undefeated. But those are two tough games. like just, just as tough as going into Death Valley and taking a big swing at Clemson is going to be making sure that this Wolfpack team can regroup and then be able to move forward. I guess we can hit on that real quickly, but Wake Clemson, um, you you were concerned I mean, I'm not telling on you, but like off the record, you were yeah, I, and maybe I, on the record too. You were a little bit concerned about wait of Florida State's ability to put pressure on Sam Hartman and you know what that would look like in terms of the way it played out. Wake Forest wide receivers had themselves a day and played pretty well in Tallahassee.
3: They did like the big thing here was just the, the leverage game, right? So I think FSU only had one or two third downs that were not more than five yards. And Wake had a lot of them, so they were able to convert, you know, quite a few. Hartman's a really good player, and then you know, Wake has some very good receivers. FSU had like Verse on a limited basis. No Fabian Love it. Uh, Robert Scott didn't play; he was like not looking good at all in warm ups. That's their, so they're down both their tackles and their center. they like they just they're a much improved team with the transfers in. They're a somewhat improved team with that many guys missing. So. Like they have Clemson and NC State the next two weeks. I think they'll they should be big underdogs in both those games, Clemson at home at NC State. Then they get to a bye week, you know, and then I'm, I'm sure Daniel will talk about a nulls to go. It's just they're in a rebuild. And if you don't have your dudes, you're not gonna win ball games for the most part. So they're lucky not lucky, they're fortunate to have banked those wins early in the year when they did. But Wake looked like the better team today for sure. Yeah, I didn't see a ton of this game, so I don't really
1: have much to add.
4: Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business.
0: Kansas or TCU? Who you got next week? <laughs> Tom, Tom Fernelli, watch it on YouTube.com slash cover three. If you want to be able to thing. get that. Oh yeah. You got to do this one right here.
3: Is it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> T, work, TCU, work? TCU 28 to one for the big 12. So I, I am absolutely, I, I got TCU next week.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I I'll have to see the spread, but it's, that is that the college game day is going to Lawrence for the love of God., um, yeah, that's who would have thought that TCU, Kansas would be like the big twelve game of the year
0: tcu fifty five, oklahoma twenty four. I can't even single out the moment that Dylan Gabriel got knocked out of the game as being all that significant because TCU was putting it on that ass already. Yeah. I mean, this it bud let me throw it to you first. Then like, is this, this has to be even more than you expected. Cause you even did like TCU is dark horse. TCU is a long shot. Hey, hey, let's jump into this. At, Cause it's a good price compared to what the market has. Like as the numbers have continued to move, but this, this feels like as much TCU, we're going to obviously, because Oklahoma fans love us. We're going to talk about the Sooners, you know, but this feels like as much a TCU thing as it is an Oklahoma thing in terms of trying to figure out who it means more for and how do we readjust moving forward.
3: Totally. Yeah, like, no, I did not expect TCU to win the game by, by 40 or whatever they wanted it by, right? I, I did not expect TCU to have 479 yards in the first half. Cooked which them. Which is what they had. Uh, now, I wonder if TCU was sitting there watching what Kent State tried to do, right? And be like, hey, we got some dudes here that Kent State doesn't have, which we'll give shout-outs later because Kent State probably deserves one after that. Uh, Perron 79 yards is insane in in, in a half of football against Oklahoma. And I was told this offseason that Oklahoma was not going to be soft anymore. They would not get pushed around, that they would play much more fundamental defense. They weren't just going to try... For the strip, you guys remember hearing about this? I I I was gonna just go through and unmute some folks that that uh, that, that talked to me a lot, just so you could hear about it more, Twitter. just see see yeah.
0: what you missed out on.
3: Yeah, it, exactly. Uh, here's the thing: it wasn't just all through the air. This wasn't a finesse job. They oh. just bullied Oklahoma, right? It was average yards for carry, <laughs> three hundred and sixty one yards on the ground. Now, look, they did have some long ones. They 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 had a sixty nine and a sixty seven. Nice, but they still consistently moved the ball on the ground whenever they wanted to. And Oklahoma's offense just isn't there to match so far. And look, when they had, when they had uh, uh Dylan Gabriel, obviously they were moving the ball better, but still that's, he was seven and 16 for 126. It's not, it's not amazing. Yeah. Like they they didn't lose
1: this game because the Dylan Gabriel got hurt. Like maybe they only lose by two scores if Dylan Gabriel is healthy, but This is like Oklahoma's got problems, like a lot of problems that are not going to be solved. And you know what? Maybe some of that speaks to what Oklahoma fans were saying about the way Lincoln Riley's team was going and the roster was going. And maybe they were just a little too overzealous trying to talk themselves into how things were going to be fine with this new defense. But it is clear that the Sooners are not that good of a football team. They're not a bad team. But as far as Oklahoma is concerned, in the context of what that program has been and what that program expects to be, this looks like a very mediocre Sooners team. And it looks like a Sooners team that is not going to be winning the Big 12. It looks like a Sooners team that is not going to be reaching the Big 12 championship. It looks like TCU is a team that could reach the Big 12 championship instead. So, I mean, yeah, no, the Frogs dominated Oklahoma. They look really good. They will be ranked come tomorrow. Oklahoma will not be. And we're going to have like an Oklahoma-Texas game where they aren't ranked. I think I saw earlier today for the first time since like the year before Stoops was hired. Yep. Damn. Yeah. It's been a long time.
0: And you know what's really funny about that? A lot of that is Oklahoma's fault because Oklahoma's been the one that's been ranked for a lot of these Red River games throughout the last, throughout the Bob Stoops era throughout that very short but prolific Lincoln-Riley era. And so now, yeah, the fact that we have to go all the way back there is not Texas's fault. No, this, is, this is an Oklahoma um, – This this is as low as Oklahoma has been in quite some time.
1: And they got to figure it out yeah. quick because you can't still be trying to figure this out when you go to the SEC because if you go to the SEC looking as mediocre as you look right now, you're going to be in a deep hole. It's
3: going to be hard to dig out. And they just got absolutely punked for a D D-Lyman, by the way, uh, on on Friday, or thir- maybe it was Thursday. But they they thought he was coming, and he just pulled the okie doke on him, and, uh, and and committed to A and M. Oklahoma's not a bad team; they're just not, they're just not as good as they're supposed to be. Yeah,
0: they could end up back at. They're going to fall out of the top twenty five, but they oh. could end up. Back in the top twenty-five at the end of the season as like a eight and four team, you know yeah. what they're looking. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. This is perfect. This is beautiful. Oklahoma is taking the form of Texas A and M. They're just going to move to the SEC and go eight and four forever.
3: No, no, don't suggest that. Like you, you, you'll have you'll have people like like stalking you.
0: No, I mean i, I I'm just saying that this is the form that they are taking. I can only take. What we've seen, and apply it moving forward, and it's that you know you can arrive in the SEC with great hopes and dreams and pull off great individual wins, but you just might be an eight and four team.
1: Well, what's their schedule from this point on? Obviously, they've got you know Texas, but after that, let's see. They've got Texas, then it's Kansas, which not not the easy win you thought it would be. At Iowa State, they should probably win that game. I don't think Iowa State's very good. Baylor at home, I don't think that's like – I'm really not that enthused about Baylor, and I'm sure we'll be getting to that game soon. At West Virginia, they should win. I don't think they're beating Oklahoma State this year. And Texas Tech on the road, that's going to be tough because Texas Tech just looks like that team
3: that's going to be a pain in the butt most weeks. I mean, are are they going to lose – are they 8-4? and four? Are they – Are they seven and five? I think they're more likely eight and four, but seven or five was
1: within within the realm of possibility, which is not where you were thinking you would be.
3: That's fair.
0: Are you so? One of the things that I, I wrote about tonight was the idea that for a lot of these undefeated teams, this was a prove it week, and that the teams that obviously like you know, check those boxes and are are going to see the positives from it are Ole Miss, uh, Oklahoma State, Kansas, UCLA, TCU. Teams like Minnesota, Washington, Florida State did not. You know, these are teams that were undefeated coming into the week, took losses, and some of them even as favorites. Did Oklahoma State prove it to you? Because Mm -hmm. the Cowboys going into Waco and getting that win against Baylor on, like, just the result itself – speaks to you know some level of respectability do you think that like oklahoma state is far ahead from where oklahoma is right now
3: no not if gabriel's healthy i mean look oklahoma state did what they needed to do they were the better team today i do not think that the margin that they ran up necessarily indicated their level of dominance in terms of like like the quality of teams right they they cashed in their red zone trips, which we know that that's a pretty like, – that's a high-variance thing. Like, great job. You did it today. And there is some skill in that, for sure. But they were really good in their red zone stuff, and then they had the kickoff return for a touchdown. And then, boom, it was – and the safety. 62, yep. And it was like 30 – what was it, 23-3 to 3 or something like that at, at, at that mm-hmm. point? So then they got the play with the lead. Spencer Sanders wasn't having to drop back and, and, and throw behind the chains. Baylor is not really built to come from behind. This was sort of to use it like a DFS term. This was kind of game scripted, right? Where, where the game script, once you got up, it really did favor Oklahoma State. And it it's always good to get up, but um I think they're a good football team. I'm not sure they're quite as good as it looked today in relative to how good or, or bad you think Baylor is. Yeah, I, I think this is a team that's contending for the the title, the champ the Big Twelve title game.
1: Should clarify. I, I nearly just said title game, but I, I do think that this. If you look at the conference right now, like at the top, you've got Kansas and Kansas State are two and zero. Oklahoma State's one and zero. TCU's one and zero. Obviously with a huge win over Oklahoma. I think those are probably your four teams that are the most likely to reach the conference championship game. And of those four, I think Oklahoma State and TCU are your best bets. Well,
3: Kansas State too.
1: Adrian Martinez is going to be Adrian Martinez at some point.
0: Hating ass Tom. Just out here. Yeah.
1: Too much. I've seen him have these kind of performances, and I've seen him have plenty of the other performances, usually after the the week later. So it's going to happen. That's fair.
0: Coming up on the other side, a detailed breakdown of Will Levis and other things from week five. Next.
4: Auto ship order. That's petmeds.com and promo code podcast.
0: Back here on the Cover Three podcast, uh, I got a text from a friend that said, "I feel so bad for the Kentucky quarterback. He's he's the kind of college football fan who uh, loves the Wolfpack and, and is, do, is not immersed in NFL draft culture or not online enough to understand the discourse." But he said, "I feel so bad for the Kentucky quarterback." You know, those two turnovers, lost his team the game. He was trying so hard. And I was like, man, don't feel bad for that man. That man man has already gotten so much praise and adoration, and he will make so much money in the NFL draft because he's so toolsy. But I don't want to just be mean to Will Levis here. But this is a, a game that Kentucky played well enough to win. And the fact that the offense turned the ball over twice in the fourth quarter prevented the Wildcats from winning this game.
1: I feel bad for Will Levis. You do? Yeah. Like, I don't listen. He is so incredibly overhyped as a draft prospect. He's not the number one pick in the draft. He's not the best quarterback in his class. Like you said, he's a very toolsy player, which you can dream on. And people are looking for the next Josh Allen, and they think he's the most like that. I feel bad for him because he's not a bad quarterback by any stretch. And he's playing behind a terrible offensive line that is getting oh, yeah. killed.
0: Yes, fair.
3: I will say he, or I'm going to continue to call him talented, but not good. Like he's not actually good at college football. He's very talented. It's sort of Josh Allen. Maybe he's good. He's definitely not great. Right. Today, he had 81 yards on two screen passes. Yes. Okay. As far as balls thrown beyond the line of scrimmage, which the broadcast, you could tell every time they do a Levis game, they, was it McShay? I think it would, Was he like they? they get somebody no, out he, there. Some that NFL was an SEC guy. network.
0: That was an SEC network game. I thought. No, what no, was it was a, definitely
3: Blackledge because it, but uh, yeah. Todd did taste of the town. Yeah, um, and he ate a bunch of catfish fillets.
0: I had it on the Skycam feed. y'all, y'all ever pull that one up for one of your like side screens when you can yeah. get to oh, Skycam? Yeah, sure. yeah, the Skycam? I love the sky I was I was sky for Kentucky Ole Miss.
3: Like they they talk about oh my god like like he's such a such a big time. Prospect, okay, but it doesn't actually produce at the college level. Like as far as throwing the ball beyond the line of scrimmage, it ain't there, man. It's not on target very often. Now he had a drop today for sure that hurt him. But I mean, take away those two screens, he's eighteen of twenty-two for for a buck forty. That's terrible. I I don't know. I Uh, I just. I didn't
1: think Kentucky was the number seven team in the country. I thought it was one of the more overrated teams going into the week, and I feel like... I had them well, 28th in my power ratings. Yeah, I, yeah. And yeah. I feel like that's much more accurate because, I mean, I think what we saw today was kind of what I think Kentucky is. It's not a bad team, but it's it, it doesn't really do a great job at anything. Like, it's pretty solid in some areas, and it's weak in some areas, but there's nothing that it's great at. And I don't think the return like I I got into a lot of crap with Kentucky fans on Twitter or like on Friday because I wrote in the six pack I took the under in this game and I wrote I said Kentucky's offense just isn't explosive like that was one of the reasons why I didn't I took the under and Kentucky fans were on my ass saying that it's very explosive they've had like seven passes over 50 yards already this year and it's like great well if you do seven times and you run 500 plays that doesn't mean you're an explosive offense but anyway, so like they were getting on me and it's like, Chris Rodriguez is back. You'll see everything's going to be fine, blah, blah, blah. Chris Rodriguez was back. He averaged 3.8 yards per carry behind a terrible offensive line. You had a couple of big plays, but overall your explosiveness on the season, you dropped from 74th nationally at the start of the day to 92nd. Your offense didn't get any better today. It is not an explosive offense and it is hard to score points effectively and go on the road and beat good teams playing down to down trying to just stay on schedule the entire time which is what you have to do and it's why I don't think Kentucky's that good and it kind of held fruit today
0: not as an NFL franchise but as a college football analyst through this point in the season would you rank uh Will Levis ahead of DJ Uyunglele
3: no no Levis has made better throws. Or excuse me, DJ has made better throws and more of them and has been a better runner.
0: DJ had a good game against NC State tonight.
1: DJ's playing
3: well. He's not he wasn't that bad in his Georgia tech. Yeah. They had a bunch of big drops.
1: He's not a superstar. He's not living up to the five star, like top guy rep that you know, he's the heir apparent to Trevor Lawrence and he's gonna be the next great one. He's not living up to that, but he's playing well. He's a very he's a well above average college football quarterback.
0: Iowa had 246 passing yards today. Is the Iowa offense fixed? Give Brian Ferenc a raise and an extension and a plaque outside. 246 passing yards against this Michigan defense in this economy? Wow. Hawkeyes.
1: I got to watch what I
3: say because Illinois plays Iowa next week. (laughs) So um, I tweeted out. I I was waiting to celebrate. Uh, when when Iowa would get their uh, would get their one hundredth yard, and it, it did not come in the first half. No. unfortunately. Uh, it did come in the third quarter. and then they took a big sack and I was like, damn it, like I, I, I was gonna delete the tweet and then it like basically issue a retraction. And then they finally they did it, but this is almost all in garbage time, right? Yeah. I, like through three or through through the first half, Michigan at two hundred thirty six yards, thirteen points, Iowa ninety one and nothing. And then in the third quarter, basically, they, they, they slicked it as far as the yards go. Michigan touchdown, uh, it's 20 to nothing through three quarters. Michigan is doubling up their yards, 300 to 150. And then in the fourth quarter, Michigan had 37 yards and Iowa had 126. I mean, they, Iowa's offense is just really bad. Uh, J.J. McCarthy took reasonable care of the football today, which was the difference because they were able to run it enough and – Iowa just couldn't do anything on offense.
0: Kirk Ferentz said after the game they got us in a tough spot. You know what that tough spot was? A 13 to
1: nothing score. I was gonna say the football field. He <laughs> like um,
0: can't, can't climb out of a double-digit deficit.
1: <laughs> like I Iowa's defense is really good, but I will say I am concerned about Michigan because for the second week in a row, like it was Blake Cormer bust. Corm like finished with 133 yards. They only had 327 as a team. J.J. McCarthy took care of the football, but he only threw for 155 yards on 24 attempts. Just, that's, it's they, They've got to get better offensively if they're even going to have a prayer of
3: beating Ohio State. Yeah, I'm not really sure they're going to beat Ohio State. No. But the offense just doesn't look in sync, does it? it it's not crisp. Especially the the dropback stuff – Everything is a half count or a full count late, and it's just. Mm-hmm. It, I understand it's Iowa, and, and they they make you earn it. But Maryland did the same thing yeah, last it's the week. same way against Maryland. Yeah. yeah,
0: I had no idea that Mo Ibrahim wasn't going to play. Did y'all?
3: No, no. Did like Bud? Did you even have any like little birdies chirping? I did not. I don't really care about running backs, and this goes back to like when I said this last year. I was like, I don't like if you could tell me what you're he's he's Like
0: five play. leading rushers in the whole country in terms of like both your attempts per game and also your yards per game. He's a heavy he's volume a,
3: guy, but like, do you think he's is he like a big time NFL guy? I don't think so. I, they were without Ibrahim all last year, and they still ran the ball. Yeah, like, I I don't I didn't downgrade him at all. I, I I bet Purdue today because I I figured O'Connell was going to play. Mm-hmm. But yeah. like, I to me, running backs to the power ratings, and unless you have like an Adrian Peterson type dude, I don't think it really matters that much.
0: Power yeah. ratings or not, Minnesota should not have lost 20 to 10 to Purdue today if Minnesota That's was true. going to be the figment that we had created around Minnesota. Like, was this the Wizard of Oz moment for PJ Fleck and this team this year?
1: I mean, it's I don't want to I, I still think this Minnesota team is good. And like I was saying on the show the last couple of weeks, sometimes it's not who you're playing, it's how you're playing. But this has happened with Minnesota before where they've looked really good in their non-conference and then they got into the Big 10 and experienced a little bit more trouble. But I do think that this is still a good team. I do think that maybe they just didn't know how to respond to Mo without Mo Ibrahim just because he has been so dominant like Russell Westbrook in this offense he gets so many touches in it and maybe that was part of the problem for him but yeah I just Purdue is a dangerous team Purdue can put points up on you and defensively they're better than I thought they were going to be I don't think they're very I don't think they're like nearly as good as they were last year but they've got some guys and they've performed better than I expected and I think that today things just went their way yeah, exactly. Oh, so really I, I, intercept- Minnesota's still my
3: pick for the division,
1: I yeah. think. Uh, no, is my mm-hmm. pick. But three interceptions from Tanner Morgan did not help matters for the Gophers. Jag plus
3: there. Uh, who is uh, who is Illinois' cross-division draw?
0: Well, they already uh, lost to Indiana.
3: And I think Michigan State. Oh, right. forgot about Indiana.
1: They'll beat Michigan State. Because Michigan State stinks.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say the loss to Indiana might not hurt Illinois in the race for the West because it's not a division game. The way that Illinois is playing football right now, who in the division's is a definite loss
1: for Illinois. Yeah. I, their next two games are at home against Iowa and Minnesota. I I mean, this is the division right now. Yeah, I think they can win both of those games. I don't think they're going to, so don't don't put that out there. But I'm saying I think they can win each of those games. I think they can beat Nebraska on the road. I think they can beat Purdue and Champaign, and
3: I think they will beat Northwestern and Evanston. I think that's fair. Anybody can win that division Mm -hmm. except for Nebraska, basically. And Wisconsin now is probably blocked. Anybody can get it. (laughs) All right, so we're gonna we're gonna talk in, talk Illinois. Yeah, I mean, that's I was I was opening yeah. the door, you know, like. I'd like Tom. Let's. I want to hear because I first, did not get to watch first, this game
0: first. Oh, first one in Madison in twenty years. Um, it, there almost was like never a doubt in this. Like, it was almost a wire to wire victory. The wheels were falling off. Players were getting hurt. We were muffing, uh, hurts turning the ball over.
1: Yeah, this was, I mean, it was weird because it's like we talked about this off the air during the week. I said, you know what? I think Illinois is the better team. I think Illinois has got a real shot to go into Madison and win this game. But as an Illinois fan, game day comes around and I'm just sitting there like, oh, God. Like like Chip, you said, they haven't won there in 20 years. I'm like, we are going to get our ass kicked. (laughs) And then Wisconsin comes out, first possession of the game, Graham Mertz just moves the ball right down the field, bang, 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 touchdown. And I'm like, ah, crap, here we go again. But from that point on, it was all Illinois. Illinois responded well to it. They went and got their own touchdown, and then the defense completely shut it down. Let's see, Wisconsin had 70, yes, 53 yards on their very first drive of the game, and they had 155 yards the rest of the game from that point on. It was never really close. Illinois played well. The defense held the Badgers to two yards rushing on 24 carries. (laughs) Braylon Allen had two yards on eight carries. Illinois' defense is really freaking good. They don't have a bunch of five-star dudes, but they've got some talented dudes, and they've got a very good scheme that they're playing that is very confusing, and it's messing with other teams, and it has been very effective and I just think that with that defense, there is not a team in that division they can't beat. There's not a team on their schedule I don't think they can beat. Like, Michigan, I think, will beat them more, far more often than not. But I don't think it's going to be a blowout. As long as the Illinois fo- their offense doesn't screw up and take care of the football, this is a team that's going to be in every single game it plays.
0: You're muted.
3: Ryan Walters does a really nice job of that defense. Mm-hmm. Really nice job. I, th- I thought he was good at Missouri. I thought it was yeah. crazy that they they went in another direction. Like, a, what 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 good fortune for Illinois that they they, they scoop him up. He, he's doing a great job. I thought he did a good job at Illinois too, or at, at Missouri. So that's awesome. Do you think Wisconsin skill guys on the outside are just nothing nothing special? Like they don't scare you? I think DK's okay. Other than that, eh, I don't really have like Kentez Lewis is a kid. He's
1: from East St. Louis. I th- he hurt his knee, it's okay. in the game, which I think is that sucked because he had he made a really nice catch on the sideline early in the game where he just got his one he got the toe down. It was really very 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 nice, but he hurt his knee and he missed the rest of the game. And I have suspicion he might be out for a while. He was the DK, one that got carted off, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I no. think DK. I don't think DK's a dude. But I think DKs are a liable guy. They just, I don't think they have the game breaker. Gotcha.
0: Michigan State, by the way, falls to Maryland.
1: Oh. 20- Michigan State stinks. Let's just, let's not beat around the bush. They're not a good football team. Defensively, they are a mess. Offensively, they don't really bring anything. It's like, I know they were great last year, but they hit a couple home really? runs.
3: Were they great last year, or were they like a decent team that was pretty damn lucky and situationally great? They had a great running back last year who bailed them out of a lot of spots. That's true. That's, Mm -hmm. that's yes, well said. Uh, I do want to see the participation report on this because Michigan State is just missing – they were missing so many guys on defense, and I didn't get to watch this, so I'm not going to comment on just how bad they are. They're obviously not good, but I'm curious – what is wrong with the offense now? And who actually played for them on defense? Will they be getting anybody, anybody back? I don't, I don't know.
0: Maryland at 4-1. and one.
1: Maryland's the fourth best team in that division. It is now confirmed. They might be the third best by the time the season ends. Ooh, yeah.
0: And you'd be putting Michigan in the Well, listen. What Penn State did with Northwestern today with
3: five turnovers? A lot of rain in that game. Lots and nice. lots of rain. Do you buy the Clifford Hurt thing? Because that was going around gambling Twitter that, that, that Clifford was that Clifford was hurt. He was going to miss the game. He ended up playing. They didn't play very well. Um, I think Sean Clifford's been hurt for about twenty-one years right now.
1: <laughs> Dude wakes up sore. He's got an old man body.
0: <laughs> um, the, w- bouncing all over the place here, but I want to make sure we get a couple of things uh, down, especially before we split. Auburn jumps out to a 17 to nothing lead. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Is, are we, are we going to hit a, wouldn't it be hilarious? No, 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 that's not true at all. We are going to now see this whole thing flip on its head. Brian Kelly and LSU, which like good for LSU, because honestly to lose to this Auburn team would be a, a huge setback in terms of everything that you're trying to build you know you're trying to get this LSU team moving forward especially after the season opening loss in New Orleans to to lose in this spot would reverse whatever gains that you have made since that win in since that loss in week 1 so to storm back and to be able to get the win is great but selfishly for us is that is that it for Brian Harson did he literally just go from a contract extension to getting fired within the context of about 45 minutes of game time did three quarters in a blown lead. Was that all we needed to be able to get Brian Harson out the paint? Is this done right now? Are we doing an emergency podcast tomorrow? I it's been God. done since you
3: fired since you fired the AD.
1: Well, AJ McCarron said it won't happen till the end of the year.
3: I mean, like what, publicly?
1: <laughs> On Slow News Day with Kevin
0: Clark. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: And I texted Kevin, I said, Kev, we need more players. Going on your podcast
2: and firing their their rival coaches. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Um,
3: Before we do well, before we do the rankings, can we hit a few more?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I need I need an answer to the question. Do you think Brian Harson is gone tomorrow? Or do you think they really are gonna sit on this?
3: I hope not. That's my purely selfish answer. Yeah. I mean, it, it's possible because Auburn is sounds like a team's like we need to get an Auburn man in there to be the uh, the interim, so we can I don't know whatever they want to do. Um, I don't know. Did you see what happened with Troy?
0: No, I didn't.
3: All right. it was a really good so, day. <laughs> like Troy Western was it was a damn good game, but so Troy kind of. Put it to them. They're up two touchdowns. They are just absolutely crushing the Western offensive line. Fourth and eleven on Western's like negative twenty, right? Sack. The guy throws the ball. It's like a lateral. It hits off the D lineman, deflected. The offensive lineman catches it and then runs like twenty yards for the first <laughs> for the first down. Okay, and then they, they hit a fifty yarder after that to cut it to seven, and then. Uh, Troy could not run out the clock, so they had to punt the ball away to Western, which is running... They're still running that kind of wide-open you know, air raid thing with Austin Reed, the kid they got from West Florida. And then ultimately, Troy uh, gets a sack fumble to end it, which means they still only have one loss in the Sunball. But I was like, if these guys seriously lose on a deflection to an offensive lineman after they had the you know tip-drill-Hail-Mary thing two weeks <laughs> ago, that, that would just be... That would be ridiculous. Um, So that was wild. The other one I saw today that just blew my mind. Did you guys watch Kent State, Ohio? I saw parts of it. I didn't see too much of it. All right. If you saw any of this, you probably saw a lot of holding penalties being called on Kent State. In fact, these refs really like seeing themselves on TV, but it really wasn't TV because it was that ESPN Plus stuff. So maybe they had some family members at home watching on, on the stream. They called nine holding penalties on Kent State. Nine. Well, were they holding? Some of them were legit. Some of them were a little ticky-tack. However, Kent State said, you know what? Nine holding penalties is detrimental. That's usually what – holding penalties usually kill a drive. Ah, not us. Now, are we going to be taken overtime by Nathan Rourke? Yes, he's pretty good. However, we're going to throw up 759 yards on the day and still win despite those nine holding penalties. Now, look, sometimes maybe you're getting that many yards because you have the holding penalties, right? Because you get backed up and you got more yards to go. Uh, it is hard to have 759 yards and score 31 points in an overtime game. But I want to know for the goal. Yeah. Who wins in a fight, Ryan Day or Greg Schiano.
1: Sciano. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's why Ryan Day was apologizing after the game. Yeah,
0: without a doubt. You know, hey, you, know yeah. you know what happened? Like I've, I have, um, on multiple occasions found myself in the position of talking my way out of getting my ass beat. <laughs> this, this, this number, right. And look, this, like is- this I, I just, Hey, listen, I, I'm good. We're good. We don't, we don't need to do this. We're all good. Hey, you don't, you don't want to do this either. You know, but i that's what Ryan Day was doing. Ryan Day realized he he was about to get it and he decided that he didn't want it. And everything that we have said and all of the generalizations that we've made about Greg Schiano and how deeply tied in he is to New Jersey is probably a motivating factor.
1: <laughs> that is I'm I'm kind of offended by that, but okay. <laughs> That, that is against New Jersey. That is not against an entire culture. New Jersey. Yeah, I got you. I got you. I, now I know where you stand, Chip. Thank you for putting that out there. <laughs> and in which case I'll
0: like, say, hey, Tom, I don't want none. New Jersey, <laughs> I don't want none. I'll just throw my hands up the same way I did when uh, when that girl's ex-boyfriend decided that he was going to corner me in the stairwell and looked like he had something on him. And all of a sudden I throw my hands up and I'm like, hey, I don't want none. All right. You know, this. So just just run it back.
1: I just want to say, though, the fake punt that Shiano got super pissed about, I don't think that was a play call. I think no, that was State, the punter. He just Looked up and saw 40 yards of open space in front of him and said, Oh, hell yeah, I'm going to take off for a first out right here. Yes, without a doubt.
3: Um, did you guys see the hurdle for Coastal? Yes, even that though was, that was awesome. It looked
1: like it was like a freaking 1955 sitcom kind of broadcast quality for that game. <laughs> That
3: was that was a wild game. Oh man,
0: um, coastal might. So let's let's get into that before we get out of here. So I think there's going to be some in very very notable turnover, potentially seismic turnover in terms of the new top twenty five when the AP top twenty five is updated and released on Sunday because pits out. We, we have reached the point where, like, if you still have zero in that loss column. Like you, you deserve to be in there. So here's, here's what I think. You all tell me what you think. I'll work backwards. Obviously Pitt. You just Gone. lost to Georgia Tech. Gone. Wow. Later.
1: Florida state. I don't think they should be out, but there's a very decent chance that we'll be seeing as how they're 23. And they just they lost. were just
0: 23. And you just yeah. lost by 10 points. I think you're at out. home at home yeah. as a touchdown favorite, Minnesota. Sorry, bro. Out. Out. Probably yeah. Arkansas. Get them out. Out. Please? Oklahoma.
1: Get them I mean, out.
3: Get them out.
0: What's the best win there? Texas A and M.
3: Out. Going. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And Baylor. I think. I think Baylor hangs on. Okay. But Baylor
0: is the li- so I've, that that was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Out of the top 25 from last week, six if Baylor's able to hang on that we are projecting to be out. That will open the door for
1: Kansas. Damn right.
0: Cowards.
1: UCLA. I think UCLA yes. should be in. Yes.
0: They beat Washington on Friday night. Very good win for the Bruins.
3: TCU. Yes. Yes. Um. Sarah TCU T- wasn't ranked. I'm just pulling this up. I don't really look at the rankings that much. Holy cow. I don't think Syracuse gets in.
0: I think that Syracuse gets in because you like the win against Wagner isn't enough to do it, but they were number 25 in the coaches poll last week. So being ranked in the coaches poll, I think plus still being undefeated at five and O oh, might get them more of a push than they had last week.
3: Not oh, arguing. You knew they're going to rank, game. but yeah, and gonna, you know, they're going to rank and Danny's going to lose his mind. LSU or Florida. LSU,
1: yeah. Well, you just secured a big, giant win over Auburn despite, like, Jaden Daniels being 8 of 20 for 80 yards.
0: I was going to say the SEC bias is when
3: Mississippi State gets in. You this, know who needs to be ranked is Tulane. They have a road win at Kansas State. They Houston. just took their third stringer when their guy got knocked out because, like, Pratt's coming back, apparently. So, their resume is better than, than some of the teams we just named, isn't it? Here's here's my question to you guys.
1: Is Illinois ranked? No, but they're close. They
0: show up on enough ballots that they're they're starting to sniff it.
1: Saying 4 and 1. All right, what about JMU? I don't think enough people realize they're in the FBS yet to be ranked.
0: They had more vote they had more votes last week than Coastal, and Coastal's also a, JMU and Coastal are both undefeated.
1: They had more votes than UCLA and TCU. <laughs> last week.
3: JMU has been more dominant, so I JMU I I think should be ranked. Like JMU would be Kentucky if they played. Yeah, I I'd give them a 25. I mean,
1: they deserve yeah. it.
0: JMU is legit without a doubt, unfortunately cannot win the Sun Belt championship in Wazoo, this season and cannot play in a bowl game
1: this season. Does Wazoo sneak in cuz they were receiving votes last week and they looked pretty good against Cal today.
0: Maybe the, so I think that after you get past Kansas state, which was 25 last year, they won 37 to 28 against Texas tech. I've got them at 21 and 22, 23, 24 and 25 are kind of up for grabs. Um, Washington state could be in there. LSU could be in there. Mississippi state could be in there. JMU coastal Carolina, Syracuse. You've, you've got a group of, I think nine teams fighting for four spots. Uh, when it all comes down to it, and the margins will be thin, so that whoever gets into those spots could find themselves in the same position that Florida State and Pitt did this past week, where well, the second that you get one loss, you're out, and somebody else is in. But
1: okay, well, let's screw the teams that might be, and let's talk about the teams that are in. Uh, as of right now, the top five teams all won. Number six, USC, is up twenty-one to seventeen on Arizona State. Does
0: comes Alabama, and jumps Michigan?
1: Does Alabama or Ohio State jump Georgia? No. i ask about
3: that.
0: No, all right. So 55 fir- first place votes out of 63 for uh Georgia last week. I think that is the split is different, but I don't think that it's enough for Georgia to lose number one.
1: But I think what's different this week is nobody watched Georgia's like kind of struggle with Kent State. Everybody was watching Georgia struggle with Mizzou.
0: Boy, if Georgia lost number one off of.
1: I think you're going to see. I don't know if they'll lose number one, but I think you're going to see Ohio State and Alabama get a lot more into first place votes.
0: I agree. I mean, I, I think that we could be looking at more of like a 28-16. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not doing that math.
1: right. Do, do it. Finish it. Come on you 44 how many more Forty
0: four. so then that means it was 28 16 20
3: <laughs> all right here's a question for you if bryce had not gotten hurt and bama won by the same score yes bama jumped georgia i think so yeah they were up what 28
1: to but it was it was 14 to nothing when bryce got hurt uh in Moreau's first possession, they had a pretty short field. They he handed off twice, and then he kept on a keeper and scored on the third play. So it was a three play touchdown drive. The fourth drive, the fourth touchdown was a pretty decent drive, and then that's when the right before halftime, Arkansas scored and they dominated the third quarter to make it a game again.
0: I've got uh, Ole Miss jumping up into the top ten after the win against Kentucky from number fourteen to. How far does Kentucky, Kentucky fall? I've got him only down to like twelve. Not far enough. Yeah. I mean, it's just like in, I've got Kansas all the way crashing in at fifteen. I mean, the like Kansas at fifteen, UCLA at sixteen, TCU at seventeen, all ahead of BYU, which sort of sits tight. I've got them at eighteen. I think Wake Forest is going to move up a little bit, but you know, only up to nineteen. We're, Wait, we're, we don't. We're dealing with wh- a little bit of a, a, a log jam there.
3: This is you predicting what the voters will do, though.
0: Correct. Not my yeah. own personal. Yeah. Like Ch- Chip is
3: smarter. Chip is smarter than, than to do that. Like he knows TCU's resume is better than can't or than Kentucky's resume.
0: My ballot is- for the CBS Sports 131 will be sorted out uh on Sunday.
3: Well, it's I don't know. Mine so will my I didn't want you to take the heat from, from the chat thinking that like like you personally think Kentucky should only drop to twelve. I just no, 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 no. It's it's far more
0: fun it's far more fun to just predict what the other people are going to do because then you're both, A, taking the heat for people that think it's what you think should happen while also taking the heat for not being as smart as what somebody else thinks should happen.
1: Breaking news, USC turned the ball over. It turns out they aren't going to go all season without a turnover. Caleb Williams picked off on a fade into the end zone. Anyways, some people had TCU at 7 on their ballot last week.
0: Nothing but undefeateds on your Super Sixteen ballot.
1: Uh, yeah, but even in the even in the Fernelli ratings, TCU is at number seven. Mm. Oklahoma was twenty-one. Hmm. Hmm. hmm.
0: But the Fernelli ratings do say just because one team is ranked higher than the other does not mean that they should win or be favored. But it is one, one of the team. rules of the Fernelli ratings. I have read the rules of the Fernelli ratings.
1: One team had been playing much better than the other, and that continued on Saturday. <laughs>
0: Um, so yeah, we'll, we will, there's a new top 25 coming out on Sunday. If you want to check out a full detailed explanation of every single team and its ranking headed over to cbssports.com again, the AP top 25 college football rankings will be updated on Sunday and we have made our projections over on cbssports.com All right, anything else before we want to get out of here.
3: Shout out, uh, Boston college. They lost another offensive lineman today. I feel like every like every week, Pete Thamel, who lives up there in Boston, is like, "By the way, new report: uh, Boston College has lost this offensive lineman for the year." I'm like, "Who the hell is that?" Like, I keep spreadsheets on all these teams. I, like that, they they've lost so many, and they end up. Uh, Zay Flowers is the guy that we're going to be like, "Yeah, he's a first rounder, and he's NFL guys." Like, never heard of him, and then he's going to be like, "Oh, watch this," and then he's a stud, man. Zay Flowers is really, really good.
0: Yeah, according to Zay Flowers, a bunch of Power Five teams thought he was like a seven-figure dude. I think, yeah, I
3: think there's a team that wanted him to move move about 4,500 miles south. You know, so Uh,
1: another stud. We mentioned him briefly talking about the top 25. Uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson in UCLA Friday night. Oh my gosh! Oh, so good. That one juke he put on at the goal line to cause the two Washington defenders to target each other pretty much. I'm surprised they didn't draw flags. They hit each other so hard. What?
3: Was UCLA playing possum? No. They might have been. No, no, now, no. no, no. You, know, you know how Chip approaches non. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I got got on that man.
0: No, I, I DTR said after the game, we've heard everybody say that we hadn't played anybody and that we weren't as good as our record. Like, they went into that one and, in, in like, played way above. They played way above the level that I'm going to expect throughout their entire Pac-12 schedule. They're going to fart around with a conference opponent. It's not just like a Chip Kelly non-conference thing. They saw Washington coming in. They, they were like, all right, here we go. Now we're ready to do this. I thought the defense did a really good job early. And then what happened? They let it go, and Washington damn near came back and like caused some problems. Mm-hmm. But that offense, as we expected, should be able to cook against everybody on the schedule.
1: Speaking of UCLA coaches, shout out to Jim Moore Jr. and UConn for getting their mm-hmm. second win of the season. And I believe it's their first. It was since 2019. It's the first time they've beat an FBS program. Really? Yeah. It's been a while.
0: Weird weekend in the Mountain West when you've got Fresno losing to UConn. You've got Boise finding some life somewhere in the second half.
1: San Diego State went up 13 to nothing. I'm on San Diego State plus six
3: and a half. Then the QB gets hurt. UNLV nearly blew it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Do you know who might, might be the best team in the Mountain West? Wyoming? Wyoming Wyoming San Jose State oh okay they they took they, they they pasted them tonight um, I mean it was really not not very close they got they got the kid from Hawaii, Shevin Cordero, who threw for 300 plus they have a couple guys just from talking to people out there in the mountain West who like they think that d line is a couple guys who will like make an NFL roster which at the g5 level is a big deal Matthew Erics crazy and- oh sorry they're in the, what, what, what division are they in?
1: The, the mountain West. The, West,
0: the mountain West, West, they are competing against UNLV and Fresno uh, for that division.
3: When do they play Fresno?
0: UNLV already has two conference wins, so they are clearly out in front.
1: Yeah, they can't, I, when I went to bed, they were losing.
0: And as much hand wringing as we've done about Boise state, they also have two conference wins and currently sit in first place. Mm-hmm.
1: But a Shout out to Matthew Erickson in the chat for pointing out that FIU also got its first FBS win since 2019 tonight, beating New Mexico state in the bottom 25 game of the century of the week. Shout out to Brandon wise, the biggest golden Panther of them all.
3: <laughs> I did. I did not think that was happening by the way. Like no. they lost by 70 something last week. To a West Kentucky team, that's really nothing special, right? I mean, that was that was. Did you watch any of this? I, I, I did not. No, no.
0: There's like 55 games on a weekend, and I yeah. actually like calculated it that I actually can watch about 20. Like I think I said, yeah. like 20 to 22 is what I can like actually dial into and feel like I am consuming enough of to say I watched that game. Is a like. Parker and the boys are out of town. So I was like, okay, I can do all of the screens and like flex this thing out as mega cast as possible. And I kept note of it. I was like, how many games can I really like watch, watch? So I did, that didn't make the cut for the top 21 or 22 for me. This Chip, I don't know if
3: it makes a cut for the top 121, man. <laughs> <like, laughs>
0: that's one that that's one, to, that's one to scan uh, a little bit later. All right so we as as we uh, as we sign off it does let's see USC 21 Arizona State 17 midway through the third quarter we've reached about halftime Oregon is up 24 to 3 against yeah, Stanford If anything uh, notable happens in that, we will tackle it in the Upon Further Review edition on Monday. And you can follow him on Twitter at BudElliott3. You can follow him at Tom Fernelli. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much.
1: Thank you.